Thank you so much for being here for Drawn Together, where we interview a series of inspiring creative people and you can draw along or you can just listen. If you would like to support the show, Shannon and I both have a Patreon account where you can get cool rewards. And we are also super grateful just to have you here sharing your attention and your time with us. We thrive on these conversations and we really love them. And it's great to have you along for the ride. If you enjoy this, then we'd love you to help spread the word to anyone else you think might enjoy it too. And we look forward to exploring uh, a world of conversational topics and drawing our really wonderful guests. So thank you for being here as part of Drawn Together. Now enjoy the show. And Shannon, you could maybe focus on the conversation a bit while I sort out some of these background issues. We are live. We are live. We are so happy to be live and happy that you you have waited for us to manifest on your screens. Um, a, a big welcome to Ian Goldsmith and Shannon, of course. It's so nice to be here with both of you. Yeah, so cool. And we're so happy to be here. This is episode three of our Drawn Together show. So at some point, it's going to be a podcast. Right now, it's a live stream and you can draw along. And we're really excited to have a chat with Ian. This is the first time we have spoken voice to face. Uh, so it's really nice after being Instagram friends for for a couple of years. Um, it's really nice to be here with you with your jovial seasonal hat. And uh, it's really great. We just did a, a quick sketch of you, a, a 10 minute sketch, which I'm I'm hoping to re- redeem myself in this session with uh, a more worthy portrait <laughs> of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's lovely having you here. Yeah, and as I mentioned, uh, Ian, uh, in the in the description, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the description. This reference photo that you see here, um, this very serious photo, um, I have a link to it in the description if you look down below, uh, and you'll be able to download the image. So it's a bit bigger than what you see on the screen here. And if you're drawing along, then you can, I don't know, you can have a couple of windows open depending on how your setup is, and you can draw with a, uh, a good size reference image. Yeah, Ian is an oil painter. Uh, seem pretty amazing realist painter. And how long have you been into this um, color theory study business, this trip that you're on at the moment, which is super interesting to follow along with? So you just started painting 2014, and all these, uh, so, so the all the all the swatches and all the really, um, like the way you're diving into it. And um, the people will have to check out Ian's Instagram account to, to see what we're talking about. I'm going to show you some of Ian's incredible paintings uh, up here. I've got a few. Um, and unfortunately, I don't know the titles of all of them. But this is one. It's, um, it's got the, the different pinks on the face. These uh, vertical lighting. Okay. Okay. I just asked. We can't hear him. All right. Let me look at what is going on. Can you hear me and Shannon? Uh, Ian, Ian. Okay. And try to figure out what's going on. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Ian can communicate in um, in written language as I try and figure this out. Why would that? I could silently draw Ian while I figure it out. What is, and then my drawing will be really advanced. What is going on? Hmm. So this is supposed <laughs> to do a thing with this very clever 
program that you have to be very clever to use. Can people hear me if I do this? Cz uh, says hi, Ian. Um, <laughs> that that was an uh, an effect. Dylan can t just you tell everybody what we're saying. Um, all right. After we why say can, it. <laughs> why can you hear me? What is going on here? Da, 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 da. Properties. Oh yay! Oh, really? They can hear me oh, really? now. <gasps> Ian, you have a you have a go at speaking. Yay! Now I can talk about Hello. Ian's work. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> Did you get a good can evening you hear Ian now? from Ian? Good evening. This is a great hack for extra uh, engagement in the chat. <laughs> Claire, the YouTube specialist. Um, Claire's gonna do we were some. Just Maybe people who are trying to get more engagement could um, pretend that their live stream is not working how they want it to and get the chat alive. <laughs> ah, can hear Ian very softly. That's oh. right. So now if, I'll see if I can do this special thing. So that's good. They can hear you. Um, Interesting. Closer. Yeah, Ian could get closer. That looks really cool to get you up super close. Um, so maybe I could turn Shannon and myself down a little. See if that works. Um, okay, and now maybe you're also good. Thank you for helping out with this audience. Uh, yeah, very supportive, and it's 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 great. So we asked you earlier, Ian, how much time you have. <laughs> we spent the first twenty minutes just trying to get started. We've been chatting. It wasn't that great, so you know, maybe we can redo it. Uh, yeah, we can... new, new stuff, yeah. Okay. We'll go as many times as we need to. So I've turned Shannon and myself down a little bit, so I hope that's going to balance out the sound a bit. Um, and now I will proceed, and you tell me in the yeah. chat if it sounds good now. So I'll say, hello, my name is Dylan, and then Shannon will say... Hello, my name is Shannon. And then Ian will say... Hello. My name is <laughs> <laughs> And can you hear us all? We'd like to know. Um, all right, here comes another amazing painting. Is this um, this uh, older woman with a paper hat? And it's, it's very faded out and light around the edges. Um, I'm sorry you can't see this, Ian. Only I can see what I'm showing. Oh, you. that's my mum. That's your mum. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Beautiful. That's your mum. That's your mum. Uh, let, let's go back to Ian's mum. Oh, we knew this. That's... It's like you described the painting, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> did I paint that? <laughs> I don't mean painted. Yeah. So that's Ian's mum. Yeah, that's my mum. That's lovely. Yeah. And here's actually a painting of me hanging on the wall with a bunch of um, another amazing portraits at an exhibition that Ian was a part of earlier this year. Um, that's a big one. Oh, yeah, so sausage. In this image, I am yeah, sausage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool watching that. Um, come into existence. And this is the one, is it a BP executive painted in oil, like mineral oil? You can uh, yeah. You can see how shi <laughs> shiny it is here. It's got rainbow on it. Yeah, yeah. People are saying they painted can- Painted in handmade sort of pigments made from pollution. Yeah, that was kind of cool. That was fun though. It's still not dry. It's still not dry. Oh my goodness. So this-, this Oh my uh, God. Does it still smell? 
yeah the oil's motor oil so it kind of uh, the medium is motor oil and just won't try wow. <laughs> that's incredible so this is painted with motor oil as a medium it's still stinky and yeah. wet <laughs> pollution yeah, yeah. portraits yeah, it really that's that's awesome yeah i love the 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 rainbow effect though um okay people are saying they can hear all three of us that is excellent thank you so much friends yeah. And here, just to get into the color theory side of things, here is the um, Mandalorian shot that you shared. I'm going to expand this a bit so you can all see this. You did a post and and I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Because if we if we get in real close to this, do you remember? And it's like magenta on one side, the rim light, and it's green on the other side. Check this out, everyone. Um, so this is a, it's like a very muted, earthy red piece but there's this crazy vibrant green up one side and the what, what do you call that at the edge it's not rim light it's this kind of spectral magic which is happening and it's like magenta up the other yeah. side um so cool and that was something like seeing color theory in practice there's really it's fascinating seeing all the swatches and stuff, but then when you like see it, and then I started recognizing it in yeah. reference I was looking at, and was like, this was the thing that Ian was talking about. And to see like, wow, all these colors that are going on. So amazing. And that's about like ambient light and, um, oh, so cool. So I'm so glad that now things are working. We've had a look at some of Ian's incredible um, portraiture and painting. And everyone should definitely go check out Ian. The The Instagram link is also down in the description. And follow Ian and have a look at all of the um, really deep color investigation that Ian's doing. Everyone's looking forward to the release of the book, uh, whenever that may be. Um, yeah. Our next year. Next year. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. That's, that's foreseeable. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully. Tell us, tell your book yeah um it, it's well it's a book on color theory really but it's color theory based um written for a for painters so it's about how paint interacts in or color interacts in paint as opposed to sort of purely theoretical color theory that doesn't always apply to paint in quite the same way so yeah it's looking at yeah color is, I don't know. that's something that's uh uh been absent from books on color that I've looked at. Yeah. Yeah, they normally kind of fall into two categories. They're either kind of like really um, technical, uh, science-based, perceptual stuff that hasn't really got a lot of um, application for a lot of painters. And they often find it doesn't kind of, what they read doesn't really translate to, to what they use for the color in the paint. Um, or it goes, or you get these sort of the other really arty sort of books on color, which have got a lot of basis in science either so I'm trying to hit yeah that's, trying to hit that sweet spot between the two <laughs> you know. that's fantastic hmm but we'll see because it was kind of um go ahead Dylan. you go oh, no. sketching right now you go yeah we're sketching <laughs> yeah i got so get... to work because i'm like i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm like you know I can see Shannon sketching away, but every now and again, Dylan sort of kind of goes, was going blank, and then sort of thinking, "What is he doing?" And oh, he's sketching. Yeah, I, I've just most of the time I've been trying to sort stuff out, and now I'm about to start sketching. 
all right awesome yeah um if you've got some scrap paper for, i got feel, nervous feel and forgot the order of operations i was gonna do you could sketch us if you like oh shannon it already looks amazing i haven't started yet and yours is like oh yours God. is alive um so shannon's um oh you can you can see in the chat what shannon's doing right but you can't see what i'm doing right okay no because ian ian's seeing our skype conversation and um my workspace is not in there Okay, so it's going to be a surprise. No, I can't. It'll be a surprise. Oh, I see the paintings. Sorry, just showing paintings. I'm going to guess what they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be, who knows? Who knows what I'm doing? Um, <laughs> if anyone at any stage in the chat has questions for Ian, please ask them because, um, I... And, and I can relay them to, to Ian. Um, yeah, I was wondering, like in, in terms of like color investigation, have there been uh, books or teachers or other color theorists that have been really informative to to your understanding of color? Uh, yeah, loads, I guess. Um, lots, lots, lots and lots, yeah. Um, Newton, um, Eton, mm -hmm. Goethe. Yeah. They've all got, they all had different opinions, but they all, they've all done really cool stuff yeah. that um, bears kind of like yeah, reading and checking out really it particularly really on the on the on the nose ah, there we go because that that was a question we had um, an Instagram when I put it out there uh, yeah. someone asked was it and right what was he right about I mean it's not right about everything. <laughs> none, none of us are right about everything you know I'm sure when the book comes out they'll be like oh you're not right about that uh, yeah <laughs> That question you know. put me on a journey, Ian. Yeah. Because I didn't know what he was going to be right about, <laughs> and then it put me on an on a Johannes Eaton uh, voyage. What, what was he right about? Yeah, normally it's to do with the color wheel. Um, that's really controversial right now. It's um, it's actually. Do you know when I when I started all this, I thought that that the color sort of community were would be a really sort of lovely cozy sort of inviting group of people that love color because <laughs> color is this lovely thing yeah you know what i mean you, you think hello oh, it's just it's what makes the world sort of such a beautiful place yeah. isn't it and you know so the study it must be really beautiful as well but yeah it just turns out not quite so much really. no it's a, it's, a, it's a battlefield <laughs> yeah so it, it, people are kind of like if they if they if they really kind of like um you really buy into a, a theorist then that's it there's like nobody else could possibly rewrite and everybody else is wrong and, okay oh, yeah. that's so interesting the, the poses a little which is uh, this is a bit sad really. yeah i had no idea yeah that is so what yeah. are what are the contentious issues that we should be aware of yeah, the main ones would be the, what are the primary colours? They'll be like, oh, no, that's not the primary colour. They don't do that anymore. That was all old school. Or this is the new way of doing it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, wow. it's very controversial. I, I just saw something like um, an hour ago on TikTok where this guy was talking about additive and subtractive yeah. colours and how RGB and CMYK, it's like whether it's going into black or going into white, like how, um, and that was interesting. I had not heard it. Um, explained in a soundbite like that before. Um, was it the colour guy, was it? Um, I can't remember his name. He's from Toronto. Um, 
as Liz is, is, is done a, a song that went sort of viral. A song? Got oh, yeah, yeah. Bit. I think I saw that one too. That was cool. Um, the color song? There's like a... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's a rap, right? And this guy's like rapping about um, CMYK. Oh, it's CMY Killer. Is that it? <laughs> well, it's kind of more lyrical. Though, okay, maybe. Um, Ruth just asked, what markers <laughs> is Shannon using? Very good question. These are CMYK markers. Controversy. Uh, <laughs> getting right to the controversy. I am deep into the controversy now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're not supposed to be CMYK. I just found a pack of Tombos that have yellow and a cyan and a magenta and a. Well, this is a bonus because I was. This one's so light that you can't tell. I'm trying to get like a like a, a guide for myself when I sketched out, but then I abandoned this one. So forget my crutch, but it's, it's CMYK, but it's not really, it's just looks like it. And it works. It's working. It's making purple and it's making red and yeah. orange. It's cool. And then I have Prismacolors to Tombow markers. These are the first time I've ever used them. <laughs> Ever. Awesome. Very courageous. How does Ian define the primary yeah, colors? Do you have a, Thank you. Do you have a stance, Ian? Yeah. Yes. Uh, mine's, mine's kind of a um, embracing both sides, really, trying to bring them together. Um, no, the thing is, that, uh, for some reason, historically, people have, have said, you know, we need three primary colors. And um, why? Which is, which is, which is kind of right, you know, because I think we kind of want to sort of like whittle things down to as many, as few sort of, um, as few factors as we can so we can understand things a little bit better. Mm -hmm. and, um, we, we get down to three three primary colours. Um, the problem is that the CMYK are, are great, um, but so are RG, RGB and so are red, yellow and blue, um, or RYB. Um, but I, I kind of use both we use uh, red yellow and blue and cmyk mm -hmm. um because um the primary colors should really split into two parts in, into pairs you should have a, a warm and a cool version of each primary color yeah right otherwise you can't achieve all the other colors without it you can achieve the other colors but you can't achieve all the other colors as well as you can as if you've got pairs yeah that's basically yeah that was um like mind-blowing for me when people are like there are there are cool blues and there are warm blues and uh, I mean, yeah, like, I know. what blue is a cold color and then uh, yeah <laughs> and then it was like each one of the primary colors if you've got a warm and a cool version you can mix them and you have vibrant warm colors or vibrant cool colors and it was like i was i was so frustrated and disappointed with everything i painted for a long time because everything was just like mud <laughs> and um and I was like, this carrot is not supposed to be a muddy carrot. It's supposed to be orange, like a carrot. And um, and I, I guess I, you know, like the idea of just having a very limited palette and then being able to create amazing variation from it. And um, 
but then just not being able to like, you know, mix the primary colors and get the color that you think you're going to get. It was like in the beginning yeah, without yeah. any guidance, it was just like, oh man, I just, what is going on? Um, and that was, that was groundbreaking for me to hear that you've got of those three primary colors. If you have a warm and a cool of each, then you can do almost anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the first things that, that when I heard about color, you know, when you learn about color and someone says, so I started to, like you, started to understand there were warm and uh, there were cool versions of red. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a cool red. Yeah. I can have a cold red. Just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can have a warm blue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are. There are. There are. There are. Um, it's the bias in each of those primaries has got um, another primary in it. So yeah. yeah. A, a, red, a cool red has got a blue blue bias and a warm red's got a yellow mm -hmm. bias to it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh mind-blowing yeah yeah i mean it'd, it'd be lovely if there were three primaries that are neutral and that could can, could create all the others mm -hmm. but no primary is is um is neutral mm -hmm. uh well not i found yet so and i don't think it, i don't i don't understand why you need neutral pairs either because you know what's wrong with having six primaries that are basically three primaries split in half that makes yeah. sense so you know one of each like in the warm and cool versions of each of the red, green, and I mean red, yellow, and blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like a warm yellow would be like, like an ogre, and like a lemon would be a cool yellow. Is that? Yeah, lemon would be cool yellow. Um, warm yellow would be um, like a cadmium yellow, warm, sort of you know eggy color, yolk, yolk sort of. Oh. So got a red tinge to it, or bias, bias to it. No blue in it. Green. What? Uh, I have a question that um, I've always wondered. Does it matter if you get like the cadmium that has actual cadmium in it, or and what do the cadmium hues that don't actually have cadmium in them? What's the pigment in the non-cadmium cadmiums? Okay, that's a good question. Um, the the big difference is the opacity. Uh, the a hue, a cadmium hue, will be the same color as, as as so if you've got a cadmium yellow hue it'd be the same color as cadmium yellow ish you know more or less where they would have tried to match it to a specific cadmium yellow there's quite a range of cadmium yellows um but the hue will be matched matched to it in terms of color but not in terms of pigment properties so um it won't be necessarily um opaque and the cadmiums are all opaque so they've got beautiful covering properties um, whereas the hue probably won't have it probably won't it'll probably be a transparent color or semi-transparent is there a way to opaque them up so that they're more comparable <laughs> to the <laughs> to the toxic like cadmium that you don't maybe want to um it depends yeah yeah to a, to an extent i mean if you add a little bit of white to it you that you, know, you can lend it a bit of opacity that way um but cadmiums aren't. I mean, they are quite. They're, they're toxic, but they're, they're they're not really toxic, as toxic to us as perhaps some of the other colours are. Actually, funnily enough, um, they're more of a problem when you when you wash them down the mm. sink and they get into the waterway. They then from the waterways they find their way into the fields and then they get absorbed by the plants and then they that becomes more of a problem than it does um, for you sort of like you know getting on your hands or that yeah. much of a problem. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's been. Um... But that's a problem for. It's been discussed in some countries Sorry, about um, banning 
cadmium colors um, because yeah, because yeah. of their environmental. Yeah. yeah. Well, lead lead white's been banned. Yeah, and you've been making some. Yeah. How how yeah. how's that experiment turned out? Oh, it's it's you know it's, it's got okay. I've created some um, some lead white. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't use it that often though. It's too warm for me. The the the, warm, the, the white's too warm. Okay. Messes in my head. I'm so used to titanium white now that when you sort of like use um, lead white, you're like, what what's what the heck's going on? <laughs> this is not white. Yeah. <laughs> I think got this warm sort of glow. Yeah, this white should be whiter. I mean, it dries really fast, but um, it's a lovely lovely um, paint to work with, but. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shock. So, you, know, you suddenly realise how how blue titanium white is actually when you use oh, lead yeah, white. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, milky. Those uh, like environmental issues and health issues is what um, kind of steered me away from oil painting for a while and led me to making natural inks, and um, and so yeah. that was really interesting, like getting into pigment making and learning about i've got this shelf full of um i've got a couple of different acetates and different botanical pigments and stuff and um like this copper blue which is also not super healthy but um a pretty magical color and when you use it as an ink it like crystallizes and it actually they're like tiny crystals on the surface of of the the painting and so it kind of glitters it's yeah, it's yeah. really cool um because of the salt the salt in the acetate which makes it um crystallize yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah um yeah so we're... have you seen what hmm? did you see what uh is it john sabro who does the or he does the he makes paint from um reclaimed sort of uh waste out of rivers in in, in the yeah, states where yeah yeah that's, that's that's awesome yeah there's some really cool pigment projects where people are um healing the earth and waterways um, dissolving guns to yeah. make pigment. Uh, there's a lot of really cool. Oh. There is. Yeah, you can do that. Um, and there is a natural pigment community, and maybe that that um, loving, peaceful, harmonic kind of um, expectation you had of uh, the color community. Um, I feel like that's pretty present <laughs> in the natural pigment community. It's not so, so much of a debate because oh, everyone's yeah. like, natural pigment is the way to go. And it's actually incredible to see um, there are people collecting pigment. Um, Heidi Lin is a, a pigment archivist and she um, has all these earth pigments from all over the world. And it's like, it's incredible because like almost every color is there. It's, it's really amazing to see. Um, yeah. Uh, and well, of course, some of those, well, some of your umbers would be toxic. They'll have manganese in them and, and with the, uh, the iron oxide. So, mm -hmm. yeah. People don't realize that. You think sort of brown, that's a nice safe color, don't you? But uh, yeah, not so much. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, there was a, a question um, about fear of using color. And um, I was wondering if. So far in like, it's, you know, it's obviously, it's, it's like a, a huge endeavor, a decade long endeavor, this exploration of color, a lifetime endeavor. But um, to someone who's like early in their color journey, 
Um, is there anything apart from that, like have a have a warm and cold cool of each of the primaries um, that we kind of covered? I think that's a super helpful thing to know. But is there something that um, you know this this might be tricky? But is there is there something that could be like a um, something to smooth the way for people exploring or getting into color? Um, or is it just like, how do you learn to draw? You know, you just, you just got to do it. <laughs> um, um, I, yeah, I really, I really sort of, uh, I really empathize with that really. Cause, um, I remember when I started drawing years and years and years ago, probably, you know, before some of the audience were born, probably. um, I just really loved you know drawing and i didn't i didn't want to use color because color color every time i applied color it messed up yeah, drawing. yeah. You know, I, love, I love the drawing you know what i gotta put color on it now and then you need add color and it would just ruin it and then i'd be like oh i'm not not touching color color yeah, yeah um but then i started I, then i discovered colored pencils <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, so you can draw with color and dash type yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, these are fantastic. I can illustrate with colored pencils. And so I was into colored pencils for it for like forever, really. Because mm-hmm. um, you could apply small amounts without sort of, you know, and you could control it much better. Um, but yeah, when I started painting it, it was, it, 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 yeah, it's a bit like getting on the horses that you've never ridden before and someone's given you a really wild horse. You're like, this this, this thing's a nightmare. You know, I'm never going never gonna to tame this thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, like old thunder in the Gregory Peck movie. Yeah. Yeah. Why but, is it so yeah. frightening? Why is it so scary? Is it because we don't want to mess up what we've done, or because like, like, why yeah. am I afraid of what I'm doing right now? <laughs> What's the psychology yeah. behind that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, colors is so intense. Some of the colors are so intense as well, aren't they? So you, they they they're not easy to handle. I mean, the uh, the transparent colors, phthalos, and the um, uh, ultramarine and um, yeah, the, the red, cadmium reds, red. They're just they're so intense that just a little bit, little of it goes an awful long way. Yeah, that, that's a nice way to put it. An awful long way. That's the potentially yeah. awful. <laughs> so yeah, a... yeah, yeah, a little bit goes a long way. Oh, Dylan, what's the blue called again? Nadine Talala wants to know. Uh, what's your blue use? What are you using there, Dylan? This blue pencil uh, that I just yeah. picked up. This is a polychromos pencil. Um, Phthalo blue, uh, number one hundred and ten yeah. from Faber Castell. It's a it's a nice blue. I've got this nice blue window in the I can't. background. I can't see your picture. Oh, would you like to see it? Here, I'm just going to show Ian what's going on here. Wait a minute. Oh, look at that. That's yeah, cool. There you go. There you are. <laughs> so, mind you, get to see in installations. Um, yeah, and I, I was just thinking, mm-hmm. I'll continue, Ian. Your so, how do, you, so how do you get into handling color if you don't, if you'd not handled it before by kind of. I'd say start off with a very small and very limited palette, really, yeah, um, yeah. and 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 do do some exercises with those colours. That uh, don't start on something you you you, you care about losing. You know, <laughs> That's uh, good. Yeah, some, yeah. Um, that means nothing to you that you can play around with and have fun with. Really, it's just it's just experimenting. You know, 
Mm. Um, it's, it's learning to handle the material, and, and color is is a material just like the um, just like what just like the, the the stuff of paint. I mean, paint is a kind of a plastic material that's got a sculptural quality, but then you've got color inside that as well that has its own sort of behavioral um, properties as well. That's difficult to kind of understand at first. So yeah, yeah, to use a little of it and um, play around with it until you gain confidence, really. Yeah. Watch a lot of it, ask a lot of questions. Yeah, and I was just thinking that part of that fear thing, like why is it, um, especially if you feel like you've already learned how to draw, um, yeah. and then you, you do your preliminary drawing. This is definitely what I experienced. If I would spend like, back in the day when I had time, lots of it, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would spend like, days maybe a week getting a drawing ready and then it's like okay now i'm going to paint this thing and i remember kira my wife asked me like why do you spend so long drawing if you're going to paint over it <laughs> and, yeah. and then i would sit in front of this drawing being like <sighs> and i would be yeah. like so tentative and uh, and not very not very experimental because i was like i've drawn this thing which i like and and there's a high chance i'm going to wreck it now with this paint <laughs> Um, so I think that was a super good yeah. tip. Like, don't don't start with things that you're precious with. Um, and that's something great I see a lot of people doing. Yeah. Like, I see so many young oil painters in the Kano community, um, and it's like mind blowing how good they are. And and they're also they're they're going straight to paint. They're not drawing beforehand. It's like, yeah. Then um, then I guess then you're less invested in it if you haven't spent a week doing a drawing that you're about to paint on top of. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, you're absolutely right. There's not a lot of point in putting a lot of detail and a lot of, um, you know, don't shade it in and don't do all that sort of stuff with it, with the drawing if you're going to paint it because the paint's going to go over the top of it and obliterate it. <laughs> and in fact, the, the, graph, the graphite's going to get into the paint as well and that's going to mess it all up. So you don't want that. Yeah. But you can wash it with you can wash it with gesso to um, fix the. Uh, the, the drawing in place again. yeah and um or nicolas arribe uses um acrylic medium to fix it right and then paints on top i think yeah you can do that as yeah. well yeah. either way which is like gesso or without it. pigment <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's the same yeah. thing yeah i guess um guess the type of thin glue would do it pba i don't know I've never tried that ah nadine just asked about the um the natural ink I was talking about, uh, I don't know where's the best place to show you this, but this is, um, I'll show Ian over here. This is a little jar. It looks pretty green at the moment. This is a uh, copper acetate, which, say, is, it copper? which yeah. is vinegar, salt, and copper. You can see the, the salt at, at the bottom. And, um, and just by putting, I've actually grown something that looked like malachite on one of these jars. It was pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And oh, I just I just found a piece just before this. Here we go. This is fairly um, fairly pale, but this is with the copper ink, and you won't be able to see the magic glitter. But um, but this is a kind of a really pale blue, and this is with this copper ink. This is ah oh, yeah, just basically. Yeah, this is copper and charcoal. The black is charcoal ink. And that pale blue is copper. And it glitters. And only I can see it. 
Disco thing. Yeah. Nice. Is it light fast then, presumably, because it's copper? Yeah, yeah. So that's a cool thing with um, these um, mineral pigments is that they're light fast and adding with botanical inks, you can use them as modifiers. So you can add copper to another ink and it will, it'll change, change the color and also make it more light fast. But usually I, um, with the really dark inks, uh, use iron as a modifier and that will, um, that'll turn a brown ink to almost black with just a little bit of iron in it, which is cool. And yeah, it makes it more light fast. When you, Ian, when you varnish a painting, does it affect the fugitive nature of some of the pigments? Like, will if, will a varnish protect, uh, like um, like an alizarin that'll fade in the light? Um, maybe. Well, it's just better off than alizarin, really. Is that one of the? Was it? Is that the one I'm thinking? The purple that fades quickly. That's just a. But will a varnish protect? Um, from UV? Um, I'm not sure actually. It's probably not a lot. It may be a little bit with sheet glass in front of it would, but then again, you're not supposed to put glass in front of oil painting, so. Yeah. Plastic. Work. Um, yeah, a lot of people still really use, use alizarin a lot. Do you guys use alizarin at all? I just saw it earlier today. Because it's, um, yeah, it's like the only fugitive. Uh, pigment that we've got left and people sort of clinging to it like it's like it's crack cocaine don't take away my alizarin that, that, is that the right one did i remember the right one it's alizarin could be yeah but that's um yeah, yeah what's be. the what's the deal with alizarin <laughs> it's, it's the only fugitive well that's pigment. part of the sentimental nature right yeah that um uh, the impermanence of it Yes, you bought it. If, if you bought a painting that's painted alizarin and fades, you might you might be cheesed off. I don't know, maybe. Unless you bought into the the idea that it's going to fade and you want that to happen, mm. you need to check with your buyer, don't you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay with this fading? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what. <laughs> that that was one of the big things um, with natural inks, uh, botanical inks, because they are mostly fugitive, and so that's a question people ask a lot. Doesn't it fade? It's like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but doesn't everything say it? Um, I think that's interesting because then it becomes potentially it's quite a deep question, you know. <laughs> and um, we all fade. We all fade. Yeah, I'm fading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been fading this past week. Um, yeah. Oh, but I think I feel like that's a pretty interesting kind of segue, like the idea of like the the impermanence of things, and that has been a big thing for me in my process, especially as I moved towards going away from oil, going to natural inks, and to be like the impermanence of things, of art and um, and life in general, and um, and there was something you touched upon. You said uh, Goethe, Itten, um, like many people who studied color also looked into like the spiritual and emotional quality of these colors. Um, have you, uh, yeah. um, like how's your, your encounter with that been? And um, Sh Shannon, your camera's focused on your hand at the moment, but maybe that's just cause it's, um, front and center. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
Um, yeah, it's it's a funny thing, really. I mean, a lot of a lot of, a lot of the color community that kind of like if you start talking about the emotional qualities of paint of colors, they're, they're like, you know, they reach for their pitchforks and flaming torches. Burn Why? I just talking talking non science things. Ah, uh, yeah, it's pseudoscience. But, what is this? Yeah, yeah. But but generations. Um, the arts and the sciences were sort of were linked together. They weren't they weren't separate like the separate like they are now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a bit sad, really. Um, I don't know why there's so much animosity from one side to the other. Yeah, uh, it, wouldn't it be nice if they both got on? There's so much so much we can learn from one another, really. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, you know, I, yeah. Because yeah. that's it has a, it has a Psychological, spiritual, and emotional response color. So you can't deny that it, it is. It is. It's there. Yeah. Not always describe it when you're sort of talking about technical aspects of things to say this 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 color is really spiritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the spiritual of this orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um. Yeah. There, there's a there's a really awesome quote in a System of a Down song, um, where it says spirit moves through all things. And so it's like everything yeah. is spirit, everything is spiritual. Um, and what are the particular kind of aspects and facets of a, a different thing? Um, so rather than one orange being more spiritual than another, um, because uh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, just the general thing. And Shannon said something really interesting um, in our uh, a little Instagram chat about how it's also in our everyday lives that people use color to explain emotion and moods and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, um, totally, yeah. And then is that, you know, it's something that's already kind of pervades our awareness and, and how is, how can we, is it something that we consciously engage with as we create images? Um, or is it just kind of like on the side? And I know there have definitely been artists who've intentionally engage with it in a really specific directed kind of way um yeah 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 i mean i've, I've been looking actually just this week i've been looking at um properties of color i not really considered before um weight and um volume you know oh, yeah. how loud it how loud it is to your to your eyes oh you know what i mean it's yeah not really that i'd sort of thought of before and i'm thinking hang on a minute it's, this is this is uh, just like music you know these colors yeah, that's interesting. Some of them too much to sort of listen to or to watch for too long, and then others, others you could watch forever, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever on your sort of upon your, I don't know, your your your, your psyche, your, your your inner person. Yeah, yeah, it's probably why I think you know, like little kids are are almost immune to loud noises, aren't they? Whereas their parents are sort of like, "Will you please be quiet?" <laughs> <laughs> they they're often the source of the loud noises. Yeah, so uh, it's yeah, like it's it's, it's not affecting it, them. Really. And the, and the bright colors and, and all the sound and music they can they can you can bathe them in that for like all day until they until they fall asleep but yeah. older people are kind of are much are much more sensitive to those things and they're, they're like no 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 let's pretty much just tone that down or, you know yeah and I, I think um i think that's something about color that we kind of we overlook a bit sometimes it's actually quite important well, i don't know if it's important but it's, it's worth it's worth thinking about yeah yeah, just having it as like a, w one of the layers of of what it is, like yeah, that's so interesting. And 
the combination of different colors could potentially make them louder, right? And if you yeah. have like yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the way they are arranged and presented. Oh, it's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like how can you, how you, how you can compose a color scheme similar to a piece of music and something I've been thinking about, uh, about a lot recently is the directness of music. You hear something that's like, Oh, and, um, and I feel like it's a, it's a different way that we engage with images, but, um, perhaps there is some kind of potential in the way you kind of choreograph, orchestrate your color within a composition that like evokes, um, something in the viewer or yourself as you paint it. That's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely case. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the contrasts in, in hues that, you know, you, you get two hues that, that are similar sort of um, value and they're, they're really difficult to look at. Um, yeah. So if you get, you get a mid, you get a green that's the same, same value as a red, you put it side by side, and you're like, oh, my goodness, making me feel sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your brain's going. I don't know which one to focus on. Something, something must be going to the background. Something must be coming to the foreground. But neither of them are doing it. I don't know what you're doing. What are you trying to do to me? Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, if, you, if you alter those values and get one to sort of drop back and one to come forward, and then all of a sudden your brain's going, Ah, oh, yeah, that's okay. I like that. That looks nice. Yeah. You should wear yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. And different people have different sensitivities mm -hmm. to it yeah. and the same as noise and the same as uh set like tactile sensation yeah i think so yeah i'm starting to get sensitized to this fruit i made you into like a fruit salad <laughs> like a so cool. delicious punch that's nice well, it's so miserable in that. it's really funny <laughs> you said you're laughing on the inside. That was, um... Yeah, I remember I used to take a load of sort of selfies for a course once, and they, they said, "Can you take a load of selfies to get on the posters?" And I was going, "Yeah, sure." And I was taking these pictures and sort of like thinking, think happy thoughts, and I was thinking sort of like, "Oh, I'm feeling really happy in these pictures," and I then look back at them and I think, "You look so miserable in every one of these pictures. It looks like someone's died." Oh. I wasn't. In oh. I'm feeling really happy about this. It's, it's yeah. Me. Hello. Um, but yeah, yeah, resting grumpy face, definitely. Rest, oh, resting that's grumpy. me as well. <laughs> um, it was so great the the photos that you sent me, and we did the the eyeball one. His uh, I, I sketched from this one the ten minute sketch, where I was um, and you've actually got it on your profile photo on Skype. And um, oh, I follow the artist. Who was the artist that painted this incredible version of that image? So vibrant. Darren Butcher. Yeah, Darren Butcher. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. Hey, and he paints a lot of, like, silly expressions and stuff. And um, yeah, has a so much fun, really yeah. wonderful version of that reference. Yeah, really lovely guy as well. It's amazing when you when you meet someone that you, you expect them to be sort of happy. And he actually is really lovely. Oh, that's great. Lovely guys. Oh, that was another thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, like art community, because uh, I, at, at least at the time that I entered the kind of Kenyo sphere, um, like you, you <laughs> seemed very present in it. Like lots of people painted you, and um, and you had been uploading reference and stuff. And 
um, that's a beautiful part of like what's going on here and um, the people watching uh, and everyone on Instagram, the way we engage and interact with each other, um, sharing reference and sharing experience. Um, I don't know if there's a specific question in here, but um, <laughs> but that kind of uh, how the, the online community has uh, influenced or guided uh, or played a role in, in your process and exploration. Um, I, you know, I love I love drawing people that are kind of part of drawing and painting people is actually getting to know them, yeah, isn't it? Really, yeah. so it's, it's strange if someone to draw someone you don't actually know at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Um, then you're really just going for the image. You're, you're trying to replicate the image or reproduce the image or do some justice to the image reference you've got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Kane thing. Um, I think I uploaded images because Alex was like that if you, if you um, as a general sort of post was that if you're going to um, borrow a load of these images then you've got to contribute to the community so okay. I was like well okay I better put some on there because yeah, I'd, I'd ripped off a load of pictures from uh, these fantastic references that have been posted by these, these lovely guys yeah. and um, was really enjoying the fact that you know during Covid we, you couldn't meet anybody you couldn't take your own references so it was like well, what do you draw well thankfully that that was there this wonderful resource that, that was there so i uploaded a few pictures and, and I, I can't believe how many people have painted me it's kind of it's really humbling actually to be honest yeah you've shared it's, some um, incredible reference and yeah anyone in the in the chat or watching this if you're interested in the kenya community it's a um a telegram group in the, the Telegram chat app um, where people upload uh, selfies, I guess, or photos of things they think are interesting and offer them freely for people to use as reference for their paintings. And if that's something you're interested in, um, send me a message, get in touch with me and um, and I can I could send you the link to the chat um, because it's, it's really an incredible resource. It's quite... Uh, I, sometimes really chaotic like there's so much going on in the chat i think maybe it's changed a bit there's been a bit more moderation it's like okay this is the place for sharing reference there's another chat for <laughs> for uh just um just your quote for sharing memes um yeah, yeah and and you just kind of open up the the images that people have shared and you can just scroll through thousands and thousands and thousands of really cool um selfies and and it's generally selfies that people have taken and then shared because they are artists themselves and they see something in it and they're like, oh, this is interesting lighting or check out this color. And and so that's something nice about it that people, they already have like an eye for a compelling image. And um, like a, a lot of the ones that are really fun to draw, it's like they've, they're sharing really awesome photos to work from. Um, and that's, that's a, yeah, it's a, a great, Great community for um, sharing inspiration and reference. Yeah, it's a great community. Great, great bunch of guys, really. Um, yeah. It can't really be uh, overstated because I, I don't think I'd know. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have met either one of you had it not been for Kenya. Yeah. Well, that would be insane. Yeah. We wouldn't be here. We'd all be doing something else right now. We wouldn't be here. Maybe Your we'll entire existence to Kenya. Yeah, because I think Shannon once said to me that you you think 
you first got to know me because Ian was painting my portrait, perhaps? Yeah, because Ian, I think, ah, oh, you know, uh, the sausage portrait was about the same time. It was around the same time I met Dylan, and then it was because of the the cursed, the cursed images challenge. Oh yeah, that's too Claire. And then I wouldn't have met Claire either. Yeah, and there was this Kano <laughs> cursed image challenge. Was there only one of them actually? It seemed like it was an exciting. It was going to be like a series of challenges, and it was like someone holding like a either a normal sized person holding a giant CD, or it was a tiny person holding a normal sized CD. And it had these like laser disc, laser disc, yeah. And then there was so there was like suddenly people all over the world drawing from this really bizarre reference image, and everyone uploading. Did you do that one as well, Ian? Do you remember it? No. Okay. No, yeah. 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 Um, it was cool. Yeah, the online community just for um, sharing inspiration and stuff has been. I almost screenshot Dylan there, but I can't because I, I might I might risk sort of like ruining everything and losing everything. I'll, I'll show you where I'm at at the moment. It's a bit slow going. I, I'm quite slow and careful when it comes to color, which I think is oh. interesting. Uh, you can't really see that very well because when I'm I'm working with ink. And I practice like quick sketches a lot, but like when I'm working with ink and black and white, it's pretty bold and fast, but this is uh, slow going, but it's, uh, it's fun. But speaking of slow going, I don't know. I, I do a lot of timed portrait sketches and we do between 30 seconds and six minutes every Tuesday. But I know like the portrait you did of me was, um, and oil painting as a, a medium in general is like something that you, you got to, you settle into right, especially with realism, and the the yeah. um, the work that you do. Um, yeah, as well. Yeah, it's like a yeah. You, you, see a lot of sketches, Ian. You got some sketches. Do you sketch? Do you have a sketch practice? No, I don't. Practically not at all. Like zero sketching. Um, I used to like years years ago. I used to sketch all the time. Pretty much all I did was draw and. Um, but uh, no, I, don't, I can't be bothered now. I'm too too lazy. I think really. Thank <laughs> you. My sister. Um, yeah. I'm, my sister in the comments has just said so much color, Dylan. <laughs> Talking about color the whole time, and mine's just vibrant. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on, Ian. I tend. Um, I've lost my. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's um, it's like. I think when you get into painting, it's, it's I don't know, like we were saying earlier, is that if you do a drawing and, and then it's going to, you're going to obliterate it with paint, what's the point in doing the drawing? Mm -hmm. It's half the time. So, yeah, I, I get the drawing of the, the outline on there, and then um, I'm not really interested after sculpting with the colour of the paint. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I used to love drawing. I used to do, that's all I did, drawing. So, yeah, like I say, for the undiscovered painting, and, and then, you know, that love affair died out, out of it really yeah yeah <laughs> new <laughs> found a new love new plastic love yeah. <laughs> i feel like there's not enough time like just cut to the chase and paint it maybe yeah yeah well i can't i can't do what some of the guys do where they you know go straight in i'm 
way too uptight for that really with what sketch oh ske you know, sketching an oil sketch with a brush and that i'm ah uh, no I'll sketch with a pencil and then um and then then start constructing it really mm -hmm. you took your picture ages actually that was that was one of those pictures where you sort of thought this is this would be really cool really large and i thought hang on a minute i don't paint me as large. this is really hard <laughs> how big was it yeah. is it actually um is it 60 by 40 or no 90 by 60 i can't remember it's quite it's, large it's a big one centimeter. so that was that was this one i'm just showing it on the screen so people can see in the background it's um it's quite a big image the biggest my head's ever been it is yes yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty big yeah yeah it's fun though good one that one it was a great reference oh, glad you liked it and it got better by doing it so that's one of the best things about painting isn't it yeah cool yeah yeah it's, it's so nice to, um like to follow the journey of it and that was an image that i shared in the the kenyo group chat and then ian worked from yeah. and then to watch the process unfold on Instagram, and then also to see it ending up in that show, um, it was uh, it was really nice watching the the whole journey that you went through with it. It's cool, and nice to um mm. to passively be a part of it because I just shared a selfie on the on the internet. Yeah. I love the way the. The Instagram communities make us all look like we're very best friends forever. Yeah. And then I found out about all the controversy. I didn't even know. I want to. I want to know more about where I should come down on the color controversy. I have to like. Oh, don't just don't get, get involved. involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kenya, Claire. It's C A N E Y O. Claire just asked how to spell Kenya, yeah. and I was on top of the chat. Cool. Look at all these colors. What is cool. <laughs> what is Kenya? Okay. Um, and those answer those questions to um, to Alex. You love those. Yeah. <laughs> is Alex the in, I don't the even instigator? Know the instigator. I don't know. Who, um, I don't know who even created it. I don't know. It's kind of Milo, Alex, and Steffi and um, our thingy, wasn't it? Yeah. Like a whole gang, really, that kind of came up with it. I think, really. yeah, so cool. Oh, I don't. That's a good question. Who, who, who founded Kenya? Because it's just, uh, yeah, it's become an entity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These these things do become yeah, outgrow you, don't they? So. Mm. It looks so cool, Shannon. So alive. Oh boy, it's like soaking through the. Well, no, it's not actually like that. Experimental. This is all about uh, seeking Ian's approval, this portrait <laughs> day. <laughs> That's an awful weight of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> You're not under any obligation to approve of what I'm doing. Don't worry. You'll come down on some side of the controversy, I think, <laughs> accidentally. Um, it's really interesting. I, I'm imagining um, the people watching are mostly drawing along, I imagine. Um, if, you, if you're watching and drawing along, tell us in the chat how things are going 
if you're working in color, uh, what materials you're working in, anyone doing an oil painting sketch. Um, so, so, Anybody so else seeking Ian's approval? So Dylan, why did you give up um, painting in, in oils? Um, it was largely... Sounds like it's an injury. It was largely to do with um, my ha having children um, and we lived, we basically lived in one big room in the beginning. And then, um, w like when, when I was a baby, it was just, I'm, I'm 39 now. It was at 28 that I decided to make art and, um, it was kind of on the journey, started with watercolor. And then at some point was brave enough to try oil and loved it. And, um, and then I is, is nine years old and. And I remember there was this phase I'd be painting and he'd get home from kindergarten and be like, all right, painting's finished. And I just put everything out the way. Um, and he just kept getting bigger and I couldn't just lift up my easel and put it on the table. And, um, and then I was like, you know, I don't want to have any dangerous stuff because we only had this one room that we all lived in. Um, I don't want to leave anything around that could be hazardous for my child. And then, I was also thinking, oh, for myself as well, really. Um, and I, I would get itchy lungs um, in winter because in summer I would have the windows open all the time and then I would really feel like my lungs be really sensitive to, um, I guess, the medium I was using. Or I noticed that with, um, with different colors, like if I used a lot of titanium white for the brand that I was using, I would be like, oh, like I, I couldn't be in the same space with these paints for a long time. Um, yeah. And I didn't use much medium. I didn't, didn't really use solvents and stuff. I tried to keep it as clean as I could. Um, but it was concerned for yeah health impacts and then, um, yeah. And this, the thing with having the kids around and then I was like, okay, so what kind of safe? Cause I was, I was really like in the zone and I was loving it and I was doing like one by one meter paintings and really thick oil and, uh, and enjoying the process so much. And then I was like, but okay, is there, is there paint that's like, uh, there's no question marks around how safe it is. That's like, if my kids, you know, started licking the brushes or whatever, um, I, I do tidy up my stuff, uh, where the kids are around, but, um, I, I just wanted it to have like a, a non-hazardous, um, process basically at all level and, and we also lived in a, a tiny little settlement they just had five houses where all of the water that we had went into a reed bed system and it was like yeah. a, a self-contained water system and i was like everything yeah. that goes down the drain stays in our village and i was like what is this stuff and I, I was like i didn't even know how to dispose of the um solvents and I would just like let it evaporate until it was like hard, solid stuff because I was like, what do I even do with all this, the waste after painting? Um, and I, I never had anyone kind of teach me how to go about using uh, oil, how to clean up and stuff. So I would just kind of learn online and I was like, I didn't know how to dispose of the waste. And there was all this, the stuff that was left over. And then it was like, okay, I want to find um, a medium where I, I don't have all these kind of concerns about the waste, about the health issues and stuff. So that's when I started getting into um, self-made uh, plant-based pigments. So I started with all these plants that I knew uh, are not harmful. Um, 
and it's basically I've I've made it from from nuts and berries, and if I'm finished with it, I can kind of tip it back to the earth and not be worried about the impact of it. So that was that was a big thing. Um, it was the kids and the health issues that shifted me away from oil paint, but I. I have this kind of longing to get back to it and I've actually been collecting some earth pigments and stuff. And there, I think, I think there will be a time where I, um, kind of get back into it. So it's really exciting to kind of watch your process. And I feel like with the information that you're going to disseminate into the world with your book, when I kind of re-enter that oil game, um, it'll be really interesting to, to see, um, yeah, to see, after this time away from it, like kind of what happens when I get back to it? And maybe it'll be different when the kids are big enough not to go putting things in their mouth as well. Yeah, yeah it's really, really interesting. <gasps> um, yeah, a little question from the chat here. Um, Lewis asks, Shannon, did you ask Ian my two questions? Oh, no, I haven't oh, I because I got so involved in this thing. Um, and another question my, we had, if this might be a short answer, Nadine asked, um, this is going back to the loud colors. Um, what is the loudest color combination in your eyes? Do you have a partic oh, particular yeah. combo? Uh, yeah, it'd probably be the, it'd probably something around the mid value, um, a pure mid, mid value color. So all the spectrum colors have got their own value. Yeah, so um, yellow is going to be a lot lighter than blue, for instance, um, and red would probably be somewhere around the middle, although some of the blues are similar sort of value to to red. But yeah, if you get to if you get two mid-value colors, pure colors that are complementary to one another, you stick them next to one another, they, they, they're, they're pretty loud. Uh, Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, pink and... Um, Pink and, pink and green, um, red and green, orange and blue. Um, yeah. Uh, when you when you start drifting away, you get sort of like yellow and purple. There's there's, there's much more contrast between the two. So they're, they're, you know they're they're loud, but they they don't make you sort of feel quite so nauseous as the ones that are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're close to one another in value. So yeah, you get two two very pure colours that are similar in value next to one another, then they're they're really loud visually. They're quite quite upsetting for most of us visually especially, upsetting especially that's nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you, did you know Munsell I was reading read his book and he wants to do he, he used to make crayons that were grey but they had a little bit of colour in them and he'd give those to kids to teach them good taste <laughs> like, what were you well, on you, know, you, you, you poor kids you know yeah. yeah, they grow up yearning the colours, don't they? Like, oh, was that bright colour? Yeah. I wish I could have a box of Crayola. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my painting of you at the moment is mostly grey with a with a little bit of colour. So, uh, oh, yeah. so that's um, maybe it's reflective. I don't know. I like yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> Shannon, do you remember well, Lewis's questions? Was that one or two questions? I want. I just asked Lewis, I just got on the chat on my Instagram message and asked Lewis because um, my mind got so scattered with all these colors and trying to draw that I can't remember the two questions. Oh, yeah. oh, and I can't remember the name of the guy. Yes, good. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you so much. All right, so I'll ask, 
I, I'm sure I can't do Lewis's accent, but um, the name of the color in different countries keeps changing, but you can change one color for another. For example, Viridian for Emerald Green or Alizarin Crimson for Carmine. So are those the same? Right, so colored names. So they're the same color, but with different names. Are you asking if those colors then, are interchangeable? Is Viridian and Emerald Green interchangeable? Maybe. And then there was one about the whiteness. Like, how could we discern white from white? What was that question, Louis? Well, that's really hard. Um, but in terms of, you know, we all give uh, different names. Naming a colour is really difficult, okay? So you if you if you can have the same hue and give it four hundred different names. If you go onto the um I think it's Art is Creation uh, website, there's a guy who um, has, has given this really, really helpful list of all the pigments and um, the pigment numbers. And then he's given all the all the common names for those pigments. And some of those pigments have got loads and loads and loads of different names, you know, and, and, and look, you know, you can have 30 names for the same pigment. So you've got the same, same color, but it could have 30 different names. Um, which is why I, try, I always try and encourage people to look at the, the pigment numbers on the side of their mm -hmm. tubes of paint. Yeah. Uh, let's pick a Michael Harding one because it's got a nice big number on it and it's late and I can't read very well. <laughs> Yeah, but this one's got, um, well, I don't know if you can see that, but it's got PR254 at the bottom of it. Or PR254 is, is the pigment number, means pigment red, um, number 254. And that will always be Pyrrol red. Um, whatever name you give it, it will it will always be that same hue. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And with green, I mean, Viridian green and um, is, is quite often replaced now by uh, by phthalo green. I think. Let's see if I can find the original. But it's in the in my drawer. I'm not sure I'll be able to find it. I never use it to be honest. The original, the genuine, because it's not as good as phthalo. Is it a? It's funny that, isn't it? Like, kind of, is it a synthetic what? phthalo? Is that why it's not uh, as good? Yeah. Thalo is um, thalocyanine, so it's PG7. This one. Okay. It's a it's a very intense colour. It's um, much easier to sort of, you know, get a little bit goes a long way. It's so you can you can get it more intense than than um, pure viridian, really. Um, a lot. Of, it's funny actually. There's a lot of um, I don't know. I think I think I used to think much the same way. I think actually, like experiment, but you, you kind of think because it, it, it's a genuine color that it must be better than a synthetic version. Um, but that's that's actually not always the case. In fact, it's 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 definitely not the case in some cases. You know, you yeah, get a genuine. It's, it's not as good a color as, as a synthetic equivalent. The, the... It's cheaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting because they um they can be perhaps more fugitive or they're kind of grainy yeah. rather than being smooth. Grain. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm interested in how the 
how the codification works, how the those pigment codes, uh, what they mean. Well, that just um, that they're really they're, they're kind of like the Latin name for for for, <laughs> for paint. You know, our plants have all got a Latin name, haven't they? Like. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know oak is Quercus roba or something like that, yeah. and you've got so it's got the family or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so you've got this like beautiful naming system that, although it's in Latin and nobody understands Latin, if you remember the name, you can talk to anybody in any country and you can tell them that this plant is this plant, and they'll go, "Oh, we call it this." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But now the name, I know exactly That's what cool. it is. You know, and. Um, the pigment numbers on the paint tubes are much that are, are that sort of the, the closest we've got to that really. So that pigment number will be the same on on that hue for every every different manufacturer really. And is that anything? And, it, and is there correlation between Pantone and that number on the tube? No, no, no. Pan, Pantone, um, the Munsell system, I think, are part of one big corporation now. They kind of. Uh, very expensive color matching system. They got, they've got nothing to do with that. Okay. Really. I hope I didn't just just trash months of Pantone. <laughs> oh, every, everything has its place, I guess. It's um, it's a, uh, it's cool. Like I've I've had some illustration jobs where people were like, we need exactly this and exactly this color. They give you the Pantone number and then you can like figure out what exactly that is. And you put it into your yeah, yeah. Photoshop or whatever the program is, and it's like, oh, that is exactly the color you're talking about. So it makes makes it easy if you're doing digital stuff. And Lewis's second question was, um, can you really tell the difference between two white colors without the name? Um, yeah, maybe a push. Add a push. <laughs> Yeah, I could. As soon as I started to use them, I'd be like, "Yeah, we can tell the difference." Okay, because yeah. I don't there know. Aren't that many those. I don't know if you were here when we yeah. were talking about lead white, Lewis, but um, Ian made some lead white and said it's so much warmer than titanium white. Um, and so it's like zinc. Zinc, yeah. Um, and Lewis is getting us to answer his homework. Because he said these qu <laughs> these questions stem from Tommy Galonsky's challenge, so Tommy's doing like a weekly um, limited palette challenge, and Lewis is getting the answers here. <laughs> so I ho hope that's uh, been of help to you, Lewis. Um, yeah, sure. Tommy's awesome. So yeah, oh, Tommy's so not. cool. So cool what he's doing. Um, and Nadine said, and the other way around. Sometimes colors with the same name consist of different pigments. Ah experience this a lot with alizarin crimson okay so like two tubes yeah. of alizarin won't be the same color well it depends on whether it's alizarin hue or not if it's alizarin crimson and it's got a different pigment to pr83 then um you take it back and <laughs> send it back and say this is this is this is wrong yeah. this is just wrong this should this is this should be the case what are you selling me yeah you know, selling me a really selling me a deception yeah, if it says hue, then it can be it can be any number of pigments inside it. But if it if it's gen if it says genuine alizarin crimson, then it must be pigment red PR eighty three. So okay, how many of these colours do you have memorised? Uh, a lot of them now. It's like a language, yeah. right? You be able to look at me like, oh yeah, yeah that's PR eighty three you're using there. Interesting. Yeah, quite a few of them I actually memorised now. Cool. Just yeah. 
it's so much easier to to memorize the numbers than it is to memorize the 460 different manufacturers' names for these. Yeah, these pigments really. And when you're shopping for them as well, if you know what the pigment number is, then you can, you know, you can look look through the catalogue and go, well, it's the same pigment. You know, why is that one 20 quid more than that one, which is you know, considerably cheaper? So, yeah, way up with best. See whether it's worth it or not. Really. Oh, that's so interesting. Because whenever, like, I remember when I would go oil paint shopping, it'd be like hazard a guess. It'd be like, this is warm and this is cold. Of <laughs> uh, <laughs> like when we're talking about those primaries, and um. Or it'd be like some some artist has said in a video, like I'm using this and this and this. I'm like, that's what I'm getting <laughs> because I have no idea. But um, but I guess once once you start to have that understanding yeah. of the language of these pigments, then um, oh, yeah, that's so interesting. You have like um a really direct and comprehensive access to exactly what it is that you're trying to. I guess it takes the guesswork out of it. Like once you become so intimate with with that system. Um, yeah, I never never buy cheaper paint that hasn't got a number on the side of it because I'm, I'm kind of like, well, why aren't you telling me what the pigment is in this this tube of paint? And normally, really expensive ones as well. So you kind of like, have you got magic pigment? <laughs> <laughs> really expensive ones that are concealing what they actually are. <laughs> Fifty pounds you're asking for this pigment that I can get for five. Oh, do, do, do you know about is this it, magic pigment? Are you... Oh, we've got a bot in the chat. That's nice. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Hot girls. That's that's a first. I don't know if I can, um, I don't know if they boost engagement at all. Can I, can I get rid of that? Um, can you treat it in binary? Have you seen about, I've seen advertising for a new black, which is like black hole black. That's just, yeah. uh, have you, do you know anything about that? Um, yeah, well, there's, there's, yeah, there's two out, aren't there? There's, um, well, there's one, there's one commercial, isn't there? One, one commercial black that's sort of like super black black. Um, I'd love to play around with it, but it's super expensive, so you know, I'm not going to spend the vast amounts of money on what it is to play with it. But, uh, um, and I don't, I rarely use black anymore. Well, I do use black, but I, I rarely use black as black, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Create black with something else, right? Or, um... Yeah, or um, or add something too black to give it some life, mm -hmm. really, because it is completely divorced. Of life. Yeah, it depends on what you're doing with it and what you're adding it to, really. Because it's it's predominantly blue, isn't it? Black, really. Some more blue than others. Although some people online will uh, tell you that is not the case. Someone on Tuesday in our drawing group, um, we're talking about um, mixing green, and they were saying take black and yellow. To get green so that's interesting if black is predominantly blue that yeah. um adding a little bit of black to a yellow will often give you uh, a green that's interesting yeah yeah it will yeah 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 um yeah and if you use a um a cool cool yellow it give you should give you a better green as well yeah nice because it's new just blue and yellow I love that pink you got there, Shannon. That's really cool. Thank you. I'm I'm using this um, peach you wanted to blend because you can't really see it uh, on its own. The more I do it, the more the colors look like real colors and not like 
the individual colors. I'm on a little journey over here. Yeah. Okay, so that that peach going into the magenta is making it more vibrant because you're adding yellow in there, which is which is really nice, really interesting. Yeah, but it's like also really juicy, so it's like liquefying it into the paper a little bit. This makes me want to do like a proper um, overlay, you know, like draw you yellow and then put the and then on transparent sheets, you know, and like. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'm gonna. These markers are gonna be dry by the time I. <laughs> it's a. A one portrait marker set. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay, so I, I don't know people in the chat. Nadine said we're getting spammed here with nudity, but you didn't see any images, did you? I blocked the room. Outrageous! It's not outrageous. Mine. <laughs> it's not. It's not your nudity, um, because I also um, I removed the user, uh, hidden from the chat. So. Oh, good. Be gone. Did it hide it for everybody or just for? Oh, if I did it, it just hit it for me. Uh, I just realized this is your. But there was no image or anything, and there was a, It was just some. It was just suggestive, suggestive text. Length. Sadly. Yeah. Sometimes. It'll give us something else to draw. So, sometimes I've gotten this. No, no images. Um, someone. Uh, well, not someone. Some bot. Um, like. I, I've been. Ian also has a YouTube channel. Go subscribe. I put the the link in the yep. description, um, and like in the past year, I've been putting effort into my YouTube channel, and um, and occasionally, I'll get comments where it's like find love in your city, and um, it's some <laughs> spam thing, and then just I don't I don't know if it's yeah. worth anything, but I reply to it. And I'm like, um, I, I wish for you that you find love wherever you are, and um, that it's all this kind of subjective <laughs> stuff, but it's just like you know everyone should find love. <laughs> Really Dylan, you're so nice to robots. <laughs> that was interesting. I listened to a podcast today where people were like, you should be nice to robots. You should be nice to inanimate things. And then it's also easier to be nice to animate things. <laughs> like if you treat your inanimate yeah, ob objects. Yeah. Practice nonviolence towards inanimate things as well as um, sentient yeah. beings. <laughs> It's a bit of a worry, and I thought that because because if you get if you get into the habit of being rude to robots because they don't care, you know, you're like, well, they haven't got any feelings, so you can say what you like to it, uh, then you could you, you could could subconsciously wear down your ability to sort of be nice to normal people. Yeah, you know, real people. especially with the um, yeah. that there are so many online interactions as well. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be nice. It's to, easier be nice to be to nice to robots. robots. T-shirt, not really t-shirt in the making there dylan <laughs> it'd be nice to robots <laughs> be nice to metal friends yeah. <laughs> virtual friends. i feel like if i draw on this anymore it's gonna get yeah stop well i um we've been going for a while and we haven't um i don't know we haven't booked in for a specific amount of time but it just cut and Yours looks amazing, Shannon. So cool. Mine looks so great. <laughs> it looks it looks a bit more. I like yours. Yours is my favorite. It, it looks a bit more, more colorful on my desk. But here we go, Ian. This is what I'm kind of nice. slowly working on here. I don't know. 
they both captured the uh, the, the grumpiness really. <laughs> <laughs> the, the resting grub face <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh. yeah but I'll, I'll probably keep yeah. working on this but um i'm i'm so grateful that people have been here so long so we could start winding this up a bit um oh okay uh i'm really interested to watch ian's book unfold yeah that's my, my and i was just i'm so excited about this because just, uh richard schmidt is like the artistic side and that has all that mixing stuff and then you have like the I got into the emotional thing with the Johannes Itten um, journey of this week that I never considered. So now I'm hearing you talk about putting the happy mixture of all the color conversation that I had no idea about. Excited about it. I hope so. I hope, I hope so. I hope it's maybe kind of. It's it's a whole world. Yeah. I was yeah. It's just been yeah. no, no, no. You talk. I talk a lot. You go for it. No, yeah, like I said earlier, really, it's just it, it's just it's. I find it really sad that kind of the arts and the science communities are sort of you know, so antagonistic towards one another, really, and kind of just, yeah. Uh, Point of sadness. Nice. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci didn't put up with that sort of rubbish, did he? Yeah. He was into science, and but he was also. It was, it was a specific artist, if you like. Yeah, and, uh, it was. Um... I mean, even Newton's uh, the the, uh, the father of the color wheel. I mean, he he was trying to squeeze in an extra section into the color wheel so that it would sort of match up to mus musical notes. Oh, cool! So, <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, we can we can match this up to musical notes. That'd be really cool. Wouldn't it? What an interesting thing yeah. that would be if we could make music and. Oh, so, uh, yeah. so yeah, he obviously had an artistic soul as well. Bless him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he must have been such a fun guy to to, to know Newton. I'd love to love to have met. Yeah, pop round. Well, he'd, he'd have opened the door and gone, "Come and look at yeah. this." <laughs> Come look. Oh, hi, eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, and like you, you you live and grew up where like really close to where he's from, like geographically. It's so interesting. Like I went. Well, in the UK, it's, 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 we, we wouldn't consider that to be close, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. If you lived in the city, it'd be like, well, it's practically next door, but in us, would be like, miles away. It's like, yeah. 50 miles. It's the same country. <laughs> <laughs> You're pra practically related. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we go back far enough, everyone and yeah. Um, are you familiar with uh, Neil Stevenson, the author? And he wrote, uh, oh, what was it called? The Baroque Cycle. The first book was called Currency. It's so interesting. But he um, he has Newton in his books. And it's like the time that he's active and there's, there's all this stuff happening in the world. And it, it, it weaves so many interesting things together. It's like historical fiction, I guess. But um, that was interesting. Yeah. You don't know it. It's it's interesting. It's a, it's a good read. But yeah, there are so many jumping points. It must have been such an interesting character for sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys were. Um, I mean, even um, James Clark's Mac Maxwell, who's the kind of the discoverer of the electromagnetic field. I mean, he was 
like one of the first actual scientists. Before then, there was it was like it was like gentleman hobbyists. You know what I mean? I was like, well, we, I'm doing this thing. It's really interesting, and I'm sharing my sort of my findings with people who might be interested around the world by correspondence and letter and whatever. Yeah. He, even in even in his era, which is relatively sort of modern, is you know the, the thought that that he was becoming something that was separated from the arts, something which we now call a scientist. You know, is is an interesting sort of evolution, really. That I'm not sure whether it was entirely kind of beneficial. Yeah, that separation. Yeah. But another really interesting guy, I'd love to have met James Clark, Clark Maxwell, I think. And Goethe. Um, Did you see the uh, the picture of Itton? Have, have you looked him up with his uh, bald head and his uh, like James Bond suit on? It's really James cool. Bond suit? I thought he looked like a a wizard. Because I, I, was, I was using the term colour wizard. <laughs> and then I looked up Itton and I was like, oh, look at his, look what he's wearing. He looks like... Um, yeah, it looks super interesting, like really clear with his. Is he really? I thought he looked like a monk. Yeah, monk, monk wizard, similar. He right? did. Didn't he? Kind of monk Bond villain. Yeah. Um. Monk wizard James Bond <laughs> yeah, and yeah. color theorist. Um. Oh yeah. Why did he shave his head? I love to why he shaved his head. Bits of him. He's got loads of hair, and you like. <laughs> A conscious decision to sort of like wear this 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 handmade suit and, and have a ball game. <laughs> just really cool. That was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe the hair was a distraction, <laughs> where it lost its colour. Oh. Cool. I think you've gotten to the bottom of this, Dylan. <laughs> Right, all right, yeah. I gotta stop. It's starting to get all mixed up. Yeah, it's uh, oh, and Ian's frozen right stop. now. Um, it's been so oh, yeah. nice hanging out, chatting, drawing together. I guess it's a natural end if Ian is frozen. It's been so lovely having Ian as our guest. But oh, there he's back here. This That's was good. A um, you were just frozen oh, for a yeah. bit, but it's nice that you're back. So we can just say thank you so much for being here. And um, and when your book comes out, uh, we'd love to have you back on. That would be so cool to, um, to kind of ha have another session yeah. together, if you like. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, maybe not without. without. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's Christmas, I thought. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Not? You've um, set it in a time. And it's got, got, got that nice, um, I don't know, what kind of red would you call yeah. that uh, in the hat? That's a big question. What kind of red is that? That's a, that's a kind of, yeah, warm red, sort of moving into the cooler side of the end of the spectrum, yeah. Yeah. heading towards Does the Does that have a P number? Definitely warm. <laughs> It's probably PR two five that yeah, or, cad or the cadmium equivalent. Okay. So, PR two five four. If you want to go out and, and buy a tube of Santa Red, PR two five four. Thank you so much for being Good here. Red, yeah. And um, yeah, appreciate it so much, Ian. It's been so fun. Okay. And um, 
yeah, here's lovely to see. You. Here's this. I will I will share this on Instagram and send you a version of it, and maybe I'll spend some more time in it. We'll see what happens, because you can only kind of see how it looks here. Um, but it's been such a pleasure hanging out and chatting with you. Thank you so much for being here and joining us. And um, yeah, okay. look forward to seeing your ongoing explorations. Cool. And everyone who's watching this. Oh, thanks so yeah, much, man. My pleasure. Make sure everyone that you go follow yeah, Ian, thank you. check out Ian's YouTube channel, which is also in the description and the Instagram. And um, it's not that great, to be honest, but um, it is. It's, uh, <laughs> I need I need a film. If somebody's in a film to kind of like do it properly. Okay. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, hopefully. From little things, big things grow. Informative. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks a million, Ian. Okay, man. Take care. And thanks everyone for watching. Yeah. Thank Pleasure. you, Shannon, for creating that amazing, vibrant Thank you image so much. and being here and chatting. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. My delay is intense. And I think that um, all these, all the technical difficulties of the day are culminating in me saying this. So I'm going to say bye before I freeze okay. again. Bye-bye. I think that caught up with me. Cool. Okay. Bye, thanks, everybody. Everyone. Thank you so much, Thank Ian. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> 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 <laughs>